Welcome to DermWire News, powered by DermWire.com. Nestle Skin Health has a buyer, MSculpt Week kicks off, and Music City Scale brings dermatology education to Nashville. It's just been a great atmosphere to this last couple days. Ahead on DermWire TV. Welcome to Dermwire TV from the editors of Dermwire and PracticalDermatology.com. I'm Rana Jaraha. A consortium led by EQT and a wholly owned subsidiary of the Abu Dhabi Investment Authority is in negotiations with Nestle for the purchase of Nestle Skin Health for a value of 10.2 billion Swiss francs. Nestle Skin Health had net sales of 2.8 billion Swiss francs in 2018. Subject to employee consultations and approval of regulatory authorities, the transaction is expected to close in the second half of 2019. The company will keep its headquarters in Switzerland and will be rebranded as Galderma. The consortium says it intends to support Nestle Skin Health in its next period of growth and innovation. It says in a statement that the strategy will build on the current direction taken by Nestle Skin Health's management and focuses on accelerating growth further by building on the company's market position and brands. The buyers say their priorities include investment in commercial excellence and innovation in collaboration with healthcare professionals in the aesthetics unit, R&D and business development to strengthen the prescription division, increased presence in the U.S., including new product launches, and international expansion in the consumer health business. We are impressed by Nestle Skin Health's management team and its achievement in positioning the company as a leading player across its three business units, said Michael Bauer, Global Head of Healthcare at EQT Partners and Investment Advisor to EQT. Mr. Bauer says the company has a unique heritage as a focused skincare company with a comprehensive product portfolio, exceptionally strong brands, and high customer loyalty. Medical and aesthetic dermatology takes center stage at Music City Scale, or the Symposium for Cosmetic Advances and Laser Education. Nearly 1,000 people attended the meeting this month. Co-directors Dr. Michael Gold and oculoplastic surgeon Dr. Brian Beisman say it was the highest attendance on record. Dermwire TV caught up with several presenters for updates on medical and cosmetic topics. What I find commonly is that patients come in complaining that they have laxity along their jawline, that they have prominent jowls, but really what's happening is that it's not just that the skin's sagging, it's that we're losing that bone structure underneath that jawline that's really no longer supporting that skin. And so I covered a little bit on the role of volume loss or bone loss and how we can restore that. Also how the muscle plays a role, the platysmal muscle that essentially pulls the entire lower face down and how by relaxing that you can really even out that jawline and strengthen it back up again. And I also talked about a combination of lasers and devices like all therapy to lift and entice the jawline. I'm lecturing actually on a bunch of different topics. Uh, they vary anywhere from the use of energy-based devices for acne to low-intensity shockwave therapy for uh, erectile rejuvenation. Uh, to the use of long-acting fillers uh, on the hands, uh, all the way to the use of superficial radiation therapy for the treatment of keloids. So this area of energy-based technology now really involves so many different things, uh, every part of the body. I lectured on some updates in acne and rosacea, including a new oral antibiotic for acne called saracycline. This is a new tetracycline derivative that's available in three weight-based doses. Uh, it can actually be used in patients down to age nine when teeth are already in formation, and it can be taken with or without food, and we've seen some really nice results with this antibiotic. 
There are also some new topical retinoids that we have available, a new tretinoin lotion in a really nice hydrating vehicle containing glycerin and hydrolyzed collagen that's absorbed very easily into the skin and very cosmetically appealing. I also discussed a new topical antiandrogen that should soon be approved for the treatment of acne, and this will be a new novel molecule. It's an antiandrogen that will compete with dihydrotestosterone at the androgen receptor and therefore decrease lipids and sebum formation. And if this is approved, it'll be the first topical that we have to decrease sebum production in oil in our patients with acne. And previously, the only agents which really decreased sebum production have been available orally. In another lecture, I actually discussed a solution formulation of that same topical antiandrogen, clascoderone. The cream formulation will be available for acne, but the solution formulation is being tested as a topical antiandrogen for the treatment of androgenetic alopecia. We've done some research to show that the amount of injuries that are occurring are happening increasingly with non-physician operators. Over a period, our first uh, review of this showed that the incidence of laser lawsuits against non-physicians from 2008 to 2011 increased from 38% to 78%. We followed that study up last year, and still fully two-thirds of all complications are happening by non-physician operators as opposed to physicians, and that doesn't include board-certified physicians or other core physicians. Another important take-home point from this is the setting in which the injuries are happening is actually relevant. It turns out that the vast majority of cases are happening with non-physician operators in non-traditional medical settings, such as medical spas, as opposed to medical offices and as opposed to physicians doing treatments in medical offices. I'm a huge fan of what you put in your body because I know it has a powerful impact on your overall health and especially on your skin health. The problem is not all supplements are created equal and they're really supplements. They're not meant to replace a healthy diet or nutrition. The big focus that I saw was that many supplements are focused on hair. Hair seems to be the biggest market for everything, but especially for nutraceuticals. A lot of these nutraceuticals focus on ingredients that have natural claims, things like ashwagandha, salt palmetto, amino marci, or cocktails of things that have data that show that they have efficacy for supporting hair growth. Dr. Day notes that while there is good data for several supplements, there is little to no data to support biotin for hair loss. It's National M-Sculpt Week. The National Day Calendar Organization has designated the week-long observance of what BTL describes as the first and only non-invasive treatment to go beyond the elimination of fat cells to strengthen and define muscles. Throughout this week, the brand provides practices with a variety of tools to promote timely trial and attract new patients. And it's just in time for swimsuit season. Speaking of swimsuit season, we wish you a happy Memorial holiday. Thanks for watching Dermwire TV and be sure to visit practicaldermatology.com news for news updates anytime. Thank you for listening to Dermwire News. 